Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Spoke to the NWA World's Champion, Trevor Murdoch. Great interview, went almost an hour. But if you want a World Champion VPN, NordVPN.com slash Fightful has you covered. How about this? The fastest VPN in the world works on all your devices, and you get four months free with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. You still get that great 30-day money-back guarantee if you don't like it for any reason. But you're going to love it. Why are you going to love it? You got that online threat protection. You got multiple tiers you can choose from. From the standard with the VPN, you can go up and get a pass. You can go up one more and get a locker as well. But even beyond that, change your virtual location with just one click. Avoid geo-blocking. Save money on pay-per-views and services that aren't available in the United States. Maybe you missed some of the old ways you used to watch wrestling. Well, you can still get those services by changing your virtual location to Canada, Lithuania, New Zealand, etc. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Four months free. Enjoy our interview. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, Fightful Wrestling here with a name you know. How about this NWA World's Champion, Trevor Murdoch? How does that sound to you? Oh, man. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. I, I love to hear it, too. I mean, it, for, for so many years, the NWA was synonymous with Nick Aldis. And you became the guy that took that torch as we head into NWA 74, August 27th and 28th. You're in your second reign. What goes through your mind when you're told, like, yeah, NWA title, that's going to be yours, and you're going to unseat the guy that has, like, led our company for four or five years? Um, it's almost unbelievable because, you know, I've been doing it for a really long time, at wrestling for a really long time, and there has been a lot of opportunities put in front of me I have been told we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And I am, yes, sir, let's get this. And I'm literally like, I've had other scenarios, literally like hours before everything gets switched. Um, so to me, I really wasn't for sure if things were going to go the way they were supposed to till I literally walked on the stage and I was like, 
Shit's in my, the balls are my court now, boys. Like, ain't nobody can do nothing after this. And then it all became, you know, extremely real. Um, and just flood of emotions, man. You know, who, there's not very many in this, very many men in this world that can say they're NWA World Heavyweight Champion, let alone <clears throat> able to beat a guy um, of the statue of like Nick Aldis. I mean, even in WWE, uh, Drew McIntyre told me a couple weeks ago, like, when he beat Brock Lesnar, he halfway thought they were just going to edit it and have Brock win. <laughs> because it just doesn't, at times, it just doesn't seem real. And obviously, Drew's another guy who's put time in the business yeah. and had probably a lot of opportunities change on the fly for him. So, yeah, I totally understand his sentiment. And uh, there are only 19 men who have held that title twice. You are now one of them. Uh, so how far ahead do, are, are you told, like, we're going to go with you as, as the champion? Was it something that was long-term, or did you just, like, kind of hear about it uh, sort of abruptly? Um, I, you know, there was conversations about it early on, and storylines were working towards that. There was never a um, for sure win. Yeah. And, and um, But just, you know, NWA is really big on, you know, right time, right place. If it feels right. We're not going to fight it. We're just going to go, you know, we're going to go with what feels right. And, you know, when we got the chase, Nick and I were, I was already chasing after Nick. And then we ended up getting the chase park plaza, uh, the course on ballroom, uh, that show popped up and we were, everything kind of, the stars just kind of seemed to align. And, uh, that seemed like the perfect place, which it was for, uh, me to start my reign as NWA world's heavyweight champion. And your second one happened when uh, Matt Cardona unfortunately went down with an injury. He is back at NWA 74, the, the two-night yes. event. So, I mean, obviously that's a guy that you're probably going to be in the ring with. Have you ever wrestled him before? Not. I've never wrestled him. I wrestled him one time. <laughs> it's funny how just full circle shit happens. I wrestled him years, years ago when I was WWE Tag Team Champion. Okay. And him and Brian were coming up, yeah. and we got a dark match with them. And those guys were, we saw, Lance and I saw the talent in those guys and we went out and had a great match with them to try to showcase them. Uh, full circle, we come back and he's challenging me for the NWA World's title in a singles match and he beat me. Um, he's, he's the one guy that I've sent messages already to. I'm, I'm saying it publicly, every podcast, every website. Sean, I'm telling you, Matt Cordona, when you're ready, after I make it through Tyrus, Give me a couple of weeks because that's not going to be a, an easy match in itself. But give me a couple of weeks and uh, Matt Cordona, I'm come come on back. I'm I'm more than willing to give him the rematch I didn't get. He's one of those guys that's kind of surprising that you guys managed to miss each other for as long as you did before you all had that match, right? Like besides that one tag match, like it's yeah, we were always well, and that's we were always in the same spectrum, just doing different things, going different directions when. When they started moving up on the card and getting their opportunity, like when they got their opportunity with Edge and stuff, I was already three-time WWE Tag Team Champion kind of on my way out to go do other things. So it's <clears throat> we've always been in the same world, just never had a chance to really lock horns. I love talking to people that worked a lot in WLW because, man, you want, you want to talk about, like, I, I think that it was so far ahead of its time in so many ways. Like, I feel like if... NXT existed in like 2000, it would have been WLW because you had a Trevor Murdoch working against like 
Chuck Palumbo or Mark Jindrak, or then yep. maybe a few months later you're working Butch Reed. Like yep. you've got all these different experience levels coming in and out. Like what? That that's what stood out to me. Like I, I look down your matches and it's like, oh, Butch Reed versus Trevor Murdoch. Like that that is fantastic that you were able to get that type of experience and work with people like that while also working with brand new people. It was like, I'm really blessed in the fact that Harley gave me just basically built my resume for me within WLW. All those guys truly respected Harley. So when they came in and Harley said, Hey, I got a young guy that I think has got a lot of potential. Can you go in there and, and really showcase him? This is my town. This is where we've been working. And, and I got blessed, man. I went, like like you said, guys from Butch Reed to Bobby Eaton to Chuck Palumbo, Billy Gunn, uh, the Harris Twins. Um, there's probably there's probably a one-man gang. I got a yeah. chance to wrestle one man. Now, I know that's a little older, but as a rest, old-school wrestling yeah. fan, like that's some bucket list shit right there for me. Um, it, and it really prepared me for the opportunities that were ahead of me later on. Um, WLW was before ROH. Yeah, we were we two, we started two years before ROH. Um, yeah, it, it, there was a time period where, in my opinion, we were the best independent promotion in the country. Like we had a lot of old school, good wrestling talent that, and we were drawing houses. It was it wasn't nothing for us to draw a four hundred seat house, and not have but a bunch of young guys that nobody knew and a couple names and you know Harley Race. You know, it was uh, it was a good time, man. And and I look down through there, and you just as I'm looking through like the list of people that that you worked there, it wasn't out of the ordinary to see like Bobby Eaton or a young person like B.J. Whitmer who became yep. known within the wrestling world. Uh, Tracy, uh, I don't know if Tracy Smothers worked there. I just saw that you worked him he elsewhere. Came down, yeah, I love. Uh, that he guy. came down there. CM Punk was down there before yeah. CM Punk was there. A Steel was down there before he was A Steel. Uh, BJ, uh, Colt Cabana, there was a lot of young talent that all wanted to come down and work for Harley. You know what I mean? To be able to say like, Hey, I've worked a show for Harley race, which again gave us an opportunity because those guys were trained differently and we could mix and match our styles and learn, you know, quote unquote, learn from those guys and learn. That was my biggest thing. I wanted to learn everybody's styles. So when I went in the ring, I could work and wrestle with anybody. I know that around that time you also worked ECW as a part of the Dups. Did you think, like, that was it? Did you think, like, at this point, like, I'm headed to ECW, or did you think it was just, like, a short-term thing? I was – I just felt like it was a fill-in. You know what I mean? It was just – I was a fill-in spot. It was, I was a greenhorn. I didn't know sure. anything about the gimmick. Um, when they brought us to TNA, when we originally brought us to TNA, um, I was – that was my first TV experience, real hard TV experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? In the back, you know, being – having producers, uh, Vince Russo was a part of that. And, you know, we were, he was coming up, he wouldn't come up with crazy ideas, but he would, he would let me do whatever crazy idea I talked about. Like okay. I would throw out shit for the character and just be like, what do you think if I did this? And he'd be like, let's do it. <laughs> and I, all right, you know what I mean? And that, it really gave, made me, it was actually uh, the biggest rib in the business because I was like, if this is how TV is, oh, my God, I love this because I had so much creative freedom. Um, the, the, everybody was working together. I was like, this is it. And, uh, you know, obviously you get older and get other opportunities and you realize uh, TV wrestling 
way more difficult than it was than I thought it was. And you guys got you and and Lance K got brought up to the WWE roster and won the tag team titles quickly. And I remember I was like, oh, I love this team. As soon as I saw that that top rope bulldog, I was like, oh, that's I love that move. Love that move. I appreciate it. Not bad for a fat man. You know what I mean? Like everybody's like, oh, where's he going? And I jump off there like, well, holy shit, he got a little something, something. I love it. It's such like it's. It's a it's a move that you see and you're like that's a match ender like that's it like that's I can a do it to anybody that yeah. was the one thing like um like Harley I keep bringing his name up but he's like you need to have a finisher that you can do to everybody and you know I couldn't do the pile driver like Harley because that was a lot of people are uncomfortable with that but I was like man the bulldog that's easy y'all you just gotta be in the right spot and if I can hit it I can hit it. I loved it. I like especially at that time with with tag team wrestling. You know, it would go up and down with WWE. You would never know how consistently somebody would be pushed, and it was such a fresh thing. And you guys got pushed immediately, instantly. Yeah, like, instantly. instantly. Were you um, surprised which, by that? Oh, for sure. Because you know, I was a struggling independent pro wrestler. I skipped yeah. developmental. Like, yeah. there was there was a five week period where I got signed. Um, Vignette started. We were on TV. Three weeks later, I'm world WWE tag team champion. Um, I was struggling to pay rent, but a month and a half before that, you know what I mean? So all of it was just like, holy shit. The only, the only bad part about that is when you get something like that, that quick, that early, you've kind of like topped out a little bit, you know what I mean? And um, that's where we kind of ran into that. We like, we got with the writers and they're like, well, shit they're already champions like where we have to create it was hard to create something after that we had nothing to work towards and plus we were working with writers that had no idea what country boys rednecks are mm-hmm. when they when they hear country they think deliverance you yeah. know that end in banjos and and that wasn't the case at all that works if like you're bray wyatt and the wyatt family in the backwoods and you're doing like the horror movie thing but right. like, I, I can tell you living in Kentucky, it's not quite like that. Right. And and Lance and I's argument was there's always, like, I, we've, I've seen a ton of guys that are just like Lance, like wear the cowboy hat and the boots and, like, that's their, that's, they wake up in the morning. That's their, that's what they, that's who they are. Um, and I've known a hundred guys that were like me in the sense of, you know, they're, they're not jacked. They're not, like, big and, and like, just the, the, I guess, quote, unquote, the, the pro wrestling look. Uh, but they're guys you don't mess with. They're guys that work hard all their lives. And usually um, when they're at the bar, everybody knows who that's not the guy to mess. You know, just let's just leave him alone. When he, when he gets mad, he gets, he gets really mad. Let's just leave, <laughs> leave that alone. You know what I mean? And, and that's what we were trying to portray. So your second title run, I remember that one very specifically because you guys were working with like DX, uh, the Hardy boys at, at one time, a very young Cody Rhodes. Yes. Could, at that time, could you have imagined Cody Rhodes developing into what he he, he is today? Because I think we could see a couple years later when it was dashing Cody Rhodes that there was something there. But he came in, and a lot of people were, you know, he had he had the nepotism claims. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And all that stuff as well. Well, and that's what—that's something you've got to deal with a little bit as a second-generation wrestler. Um, I've got to work with a lot of second-generation wrestlers. You know, I'm talking like Joe Henning, uh, <clears throat> Teddy DiBiase Jr., uh, Mike DiBiase Jr. A lot of, you know, it, it's just a stigma that those guys know they have to deal with, and they have to if they really want to be successful. They've got to step out into their own path. Um, Cody at that time was a great listener he was absorbing everything um he had a tough go a little bit you know working with bob bob's a tough guy to work with let alone be a partner with at times especially back then and even bob would tell you that as well um so cody had a lot on his shoulders but he seemed to handle it really well and which made me and lance want to give him more and wanted to give him showcase him and what he could do Because, you know, he would get in there with guys at times that just wanted to, that knew that Cody would be moving up in the ranks and they wanted to get over on him. And it's just political, you know, horseshit of old school wrestling at times and old school thinking. Um, Whereas Lance and I were smart enough to know, like, like that kid's moving up. Like, so why fight? Like, we're not going to fight it. Let's, Let's enhance it and help him get to the next level. And we got him, you know, Cody won his first world title from Lance and I as world tag team champion. Um, so, you know, we felt really good that we were able to kind of help elevate him and, and hopefully that he was able to survive the system. That's the other thing. You you know, you can <clears throat> you can have a, a first-generation father, but if you can't handle – it doesn't matter who you are. Where you're, if you can't handle the system and make it through, it, it don't matter. You know what I mean? So – we were glad that he was able to, you know, push through and obviously very successful. I remember you also appeared in, in TNA for, for quite a while in 2009. Were you, like, signed to a full-time deal or was it part-time? How did that work? I was legitimately on a phone call deal. Like, every wow. week I was sitting around waiting to get a call going, okay, we're going to use you this week. Um, originally, Lance and I were both, you know, we had exited from WWE. They had started a tag team tournament and they were going to bring Lance and I in and we were going to run to the finals and they had had a decision on whether or not who was going to, who was going to win the finals. But that was the original plan. Um, the problem was that tournament fell within uh, a time where Lance was already booked in Japan. Oh, okay. So he wasn't going to be able to make it. So I'm sitting there kind of like, you know, I'm going to, I, I still want to go. And I talked to Terry Taylor, and he's like, all right, we'll still bring you in. He tagged me with Eric Young, and we made it to the semifinals, I think, of that, you know. Uh, But after that, it was uh, um, literally, you know, hey, we're going to bring you in this week. And I I wouldn't even know what I was 
doing? Like one week I wrestled Booker T in an I quit match out of nowhere. I was like, <laughs> all right, like I'm, I'm excited. I get a chance to wor- work with Booker, but it's now in an I quit match for what, you know, it's like video game why? booking. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? I was thrown in a match, uh, on a clockwork orange, orange. match <laughs> with Raven, which is basically a hardcore match. And I'm like, why the f- am I doing this? But all right, let's, let's make the best of it. Um, I did get a little bit of a, a little angle with Abyss, with Abyss and Stevie Richards, which brought me to a pay-per-view with Abyss. Uh, but I ended up kind of having a falling out. Um, this is, uh, I, don't, I don't I'm not trying to be a student, you know. Taz was brought in as a producer, first time, and I'm wrestling Rhino that night. Taz is my producer. And Taz, we were talking about the match, and Taz was, what's your finisher? And uh, I was like, I do this top rope bulldog. And he's like, oh, that's awesome. Can you go ahead and you hit that on a rhino? And then one, two, he kicks out, duck, spear, one, two, three, yeah. And I was like, is, you know, all of that sounds great, but can I, can we switch it? Like, I do a beautiful high cross body, man. It looks very, you know, but I really would like to save the bulldog, man. I'm, yeah. I don't have a deal here. I've always been. A, a taught if you're going to protect anything protect your finisher because that's where you carry it everywhere you know what i mean um well that I, I didn't know it but that didn't sit well taz okay no problem blah 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 but an hour later i get called into terry taylor's office me terry taylor taz and uh uh, uh road dog jesse james which i was kind of friendly with road dog and he was a producer and i think he was trying to be like a middleman to kind of help mediate sure. all of this uh Terry Taylor proceeds to just start chewing my ass saying that I was being difficult because I didn't want to do my finisher and that I was, you know, I was being, uh, basically being too much. Like I was, I should, I should do what I'm told Yeah. basically. Um, and I respect respectively told him, I said, you know where I come from, Terry. I said, you know, how, I said, I don't have a deal here. I said, I just want to protect one thing. I said, what's, what's the big fucking deal? Like yeah. you guys, have no plans for me. There's, you have no direction for me. I said, that's the only thing that I've been able to go places with. And people go, Oh, that's true. You know, yeah. that's the one it's, thing is one of the first things I mentioned in this interview. <laughs> right. And, you know, he proceeded to tell me that, you know, why he, he, he disagreed with my, I'm just going to be tag, you know, being tactful about it. You know, like he, he, he wasn't very happy with me and my decision. And I never got booked after that. Like it was just, they just got dropped. And, you know, things work out for a reason. Um, I, I truly feel like I made the right decision. I stood up for the right reasons. It was different. You're not paying my bills. So it's, you know, you, you obviously at the time didn't see enough value in me to put me under a deal. So I'm, you know, that's how I felt like it. And it was the right decision. So uh, shortly after, I don't want to say shortly after that, maybe about a year and a half, you, you'd popped up doing some dark matches for WWE as well. How did that come about, and, and how did you feel there? What kind of feedback did you get? I'm very interested to see how that all unfolded. Um, that was a strange scenario in itself. Uh, I ended up coming across, Shawn Michaels and I kind of have a relationship, friendship, yeah. especially with Lance and stuff. Um, and I ended up, we ended up on a phone call. I forgot why. It was talking about something. We were just talking about the business. I'd been away from the company for several years. And um, he had mentioned, he goes, you know, you ever thought about coming back? And I was like, well, I don't even know who to talk to. Yeah. And uh, 
because things change in that company so much. And it, it's, um, he goes, well, let me, I'm here, give me a minute. I'll call you back. And I get a call like 10, 15 minutes later, you know, Johnny Ace, hey, Trevor. And we talk for about 10 minutes and, you know, ask me if I want to come in and do a dark, and have them take a look at me. And I was like, sure, yeah, let's, you know, let's see if we can do some business again. At the very least, I felt um, at that time, like I could get a, a, a Val Venus job. Sure. And and what I mean by that is just going out there with young guys, helping elevate them uh, and, and making them look good and, and still keeping myself strong. But obviously they win. You know what I mean? But go out there and have good matches and try to help take young guys to the next level. Yes. Uh, so I come in, I do two dark matches. I think I did a singles match with uh, Evan Bourne. At, and then another, the next night was against one of the Usos. And um, had great matches, you know, basic. You know what I mean? You go out there and let them, everybody know you still work. You're still in decent shape. Yeah. Um, I got a call from Hunter uh, that next week saying, hey, listen, we're going to go ahead and bring you in. We're going to, you know, basically we're going to put you in that Val Venus role. He goes, um, but I want to, you know, just I want to tell you though something, though, Trevor. We brought Steve Austin in as a quote unquote in a Val Venus role, so the opportunity is really up to you. You know what I mean? And I was like, great, man, this is awesome. He goes, we'll call you and get everything set up when we start getting on the road. Um, I waited around for like a week and a half, and <laughs> I got a call from Johnny Ace, and he gave me damn near virtually the same exit speech. As he did when I when I lost my job, Trevor, uh, with, you know, with with budgets and stuff. Right now, we're having a bunch of budget cuts around here. We just we don't feel right now financially it'd be a good time to uh, bring you in. And uh, I was like, all right, like it, it was a really weird scenario. Um, and I I just I, I just laughed about it, you know, because at that time, man, I was I'd already. You know, with WWE, the worst thing you can do to a WWE wrestler is fire. Because that's yeah. the only thing we're, quote, unquote, really scared of. Yeah. So once you fired us, well, shit, like, we already been through the the, the, the horrible feeling of being fired. And, and we know what the emotional roller coaster is. So if you bring us back and let us go, like, I already know what's going to happen. It doesn't have nearly the effect as it did the first time. Of so I just, la- I just laughed about it um, and just continued to look forward. And now, you know... Now I'm at an age where, like, I would never. I know people go, "Hey, you know, don't ever say never about WWE." It's there's a different system there, man. That and a, and a stress level there that I don't ever want yeah. to ever deal with again. So, in light of the changes that we just saw, like, did did that even make you go, "Hmm, maybe"? Because I mean, we we have seen like over the past few weeks, like half a dozen people come back. I had people that are in AEW now that are like, "Oh, I love AEW." but I probably wouldn't have even hit my renegotiation period, much less left WWE had I known that Triple H was going to be in control of creative because they were loyal to him. They, I mean, you hear people saying wrestling and they're saying the re- the referees' names on TV again. It's, it's a yep. marked difference now than what it was a month ago. Oh, completely. Um, I had a chance to work, like you said, I got a chance to work with DX and Hunter when on behind the scenes was constantly talking to us about wrestling and wrestling ideas. Um, when I heard that Hunter was taking over, I was stoked. I, you know, it, you're going to see a, a whole brand new product, in my opinion, a product we all love and enjoy again in about three months. You're going to, there's going to take some time to build different angles and people and stuff like that. 
But one thing about Hunter is he's not afraid to listen to the people, and he's smart enough not to give it all away. You know what I mean? Right now, there's some other companies out there, and I'm not going to name any names, that are just throwing every single thing they have. As soon as they get their hand on it, they just want to get it out, get it to the people. And, you know, there's something to be said about a nice, slow build on things. And that's what you're going to see out of Hunter and WWE. We're going to have this conversation in about three or four months, Sean, and we're going to be talking about what's going on in WWE because they're going to have pro wrestling on their TV. I'm also very interested about your, your run in Ring King. That was a fascinating, <laughs> <laughs> that was a fascinating project. Um, yes, it was. I mean, every so often we see a, a company always try to penetrate the, the Indian market. I mean, it's it's a huge audience. I like I can't possibly convey to our audience, our English speaking audience, how big the Indian audience huge. is for for wrestling. Huge. It's enormous, and yes. uh, you were you were a part of that, like. Uh, how did how did that come about? I got a call. Um, Dave Lagana's name has bounced up in in and out throughout my life. Dave yeah. Lagana is one of those guys who called me, and he said, "Hey, uh, Jeff is putting together a show, some shows over in India, and we need a cowboy, and <laughs> we need we need like and what you know the way he was trying to explain it to me. Basically, what he needed was the generic cowboy because over in India, they don't." They don't understand redneck country yes. and cowboy are three different things. All they know is, you know, a country, you know, so they wanted cowboy hat, chaps, the vest, you know, which was no problem for me. Um, and plus, Jeff was a part of it. And I was a part of the original TNA. I was a part of the first like eight or nine um, episodes when it was the weekly pay-per-view model there. And obviously, Jeff knows what he's doing. He built the company up to now we are, we're still talking about that company. Um, so I was like, yeah, I was on board. I was ready to go. Um, plus I had never spent any time in India. So it's one of those countries that I wanted to mark off my, my, my worldly map. Um, and man, you talk about, uh, crazy, like positive, crazy, yeah. there's positive and negative, And there was both in India. Uh, you watch TV shows sometimes and you'll, you'll see scenes where they're at the airport and, there's craziness going on all around yeah. and there's cars are, bro, that's a shoot. Like that's <laughs> like, like you walk out of the lobby of the airport and there are a ton of people waiting for their whoever, but behind them, the roads and the streets, the, the laws don't are different obviously over there than they are here. And the street etiquette is different. So you're constantly hearing horns blow and, and people zooming off in front of you, cutting you off. And whereas that would not work over here. There'd be a lot of fights over here. If people drove like that. Um, but then, you know, I took a two and a half hour taxi ride to our hotel. And that in itself was like crazy experience because you'd be driving through these towns. You'd be out in the middle of nowhere. And then you come and hit this town and you would see the beautiful house, nice put together. And right next to it would be a shanty like a house made with nothing but roof sheeting. And there'd be two or three of those houses. And then right next to that house would be another beautiful home that you and I would live in and, and so on and so forth. And so there's no middle class there. There's the haves and the have nots and they just coexist. Like it, that's just how life is. Um, but it was, it was an amazing experience. Um, 
on top of the fact you go in there to wrestle, India doesn't have a lot of wrestling companies. They don't get a lot of live pro wrestling. So we were like rock stars there. Um, they had, I think, you know, ticketing was either really cheap or free, which brought the masses, man. Yeah. I'm talking like they had to, sh- you know, they had to close the doors and say, we can't fit any more people in here, um, which was amazing in itself. But also you're walking by the fans. They're pulling. They're trying to touch you. They want to, you know, I've had them pull my hair, just trying to have a little bit of my hair. Uh, crazy insane. But as a wrestler, you you ate every bit of it up. You're like, this is this is awesome. I got to have a, a Mumbai street fight with Doc Gallows, yes. uh, which started on the back of a flatbed tractor trailer truck. It. it was awesome, man. We worked our way back into the arena through the crowd. They had all this uh, Mumbai street fight stuff set up from around the ring. Uh, the one thing I remember is um, me and Doc had a spot set up where I was going to jump off the ramp. Um, he was going to be laid out on this cart and I was going to jump off the ramp and drive an elbow through. And we we're going to come crashing through the cart and, and uh, you know, it's, it was going to be a great part of our match. And um, so we got it set up. We talked to all the guys, we found the cart and it was real rickety. You know what I mean? Could kind of help brace us a little. It's going to hurt like hell, but at least it, it softened the blow a little bit. Um, and we found the cart, we got it all set up. We walked through it. Uh, me and Doc, you know, we tell everybody like, don't, these are where the carts are going to be on each side of the ring. Don't mess with them. Don't we're telling, we're going to every production guy. Cause a lot of them were Indian yeah. folks and we were just double check. Like, don't touch this. Don't move it. Don't. Okay. No problem. No problem. Uh, it's time for our match. We're going out. We're having our match. Everything's great. Bah, bah, bah. I got doc. I'm just hammering forms. I lay him on the card. I do the slow walk up the ramp to try to, you know, I'm getting the pop, you know, and I'm standing on the ramp and I'm, I'm tough guy in this shit, you know, and I jump up, and I go to drive the elbow. And what we didn't know was we obviously missed somebody and didn't tell somebody because somebody switched the ramps, switched oh, no. the carts for the visuals. There were better visuals for this ramp to be on this side. And we had or this, this cart to be on this side of the ramp. And we had no idea and I come down with the elbow, and me and Doc just go, and it just, I mean, both of us slide off the card. We're, what oh. the fuck? <laughs> and you see us just kind of lay there for a good probably 60 seconds because both of us just knocked the piss out of each other. Me, my 270-pound ass coming down on Doc, and me landed on the on the card just solid as, as concrete. Oh, amazing. So, I mean, I... I assume you, you mentioned Lagana. I assume he is who also brought you into NWA, but I'm still interested to find out how that came about because there were a couple times we had heard maybe you were finished with wrestling or maybe you, you were stepping away. Uh, how, how did that all work out for you? I mean, how did it all come together, rather? We know how it worked out. Worked out damn right. well. Right. Um, I was kind of phasing myself out. You know, you can still wrestle in this country, and that uh, you can do smaller shows and people just, you know, they just don't get promoted as well as other shows. So you can kind of run under the radar a little bit. Um, I honestly, I felt like a round peg in a square world. Professional wrestling was changing. Um, I didn't feel like I had a foothold in that landscape anymore. Um, I was a great, you know, come out to the ring. Oh, we know that guy, but it wasn't, wasn't the oomph, you know what I mean, that I needed yes. and what I thought pro wrestling needed. So, and plus Harley, 
um, his health was declining and I was trying to be there more for him. And, and so it, it really felt like it was the right time to kind of, you know, work my way out. And I was just telling, you know, some of the promoters, I was like, this is probably going to be my last show. Like I'm, I don't, I don't have the love and the drive for it and the, the time and effort that is needed to be successful in this business. And, um, I remember as a young guy, um, sometimes I would see older guys get brought in and they would just be so grizzled and they'd be just there because they needed the payday Yeah. and they would go out and they would wrestle and do just enough to say they were there. They would hustle, um, everybody at the merch table for every little nickel and dime thing. And I was like, if I ever get to that point, like I need, like, please, somebody tell me, take me out boom shoot me just let me be done and i kind of felt like that's where i was not headed but i might have been you know what i mean like just wrestling itself so um harley passes away and that to me felt like that was the stamp like okay like this is full circle shit here and um nwa graciously came to harley's funeral to pay respects uh nick aldis was the current world champion at the time and dave lagana was there and um after the funeral, they both kind of cornered me a little bit. And we were talking, asking me what I was doing. I explained to them that I was working my way out. And um, they said, well, we're, we're starting this new program with Billy Corrigan, NWA Power. You know, you sh- we want you to come down for one show. You know what I mean? I was like, no. Like, guys, like, that's TV shit. That's Billy Corrigan. That's what I, that's. You guys are asking me to go in the opposite direction. I feel like I'm going, you, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's work, work, you know. And um, they said, just come down. He goes, you don't, even, you don't even have to wrestle. Have you produce a match, you know, well, just your experience is needed in the yes. background. Um, but bring your gear. You never know, right, Trevor? You never know, right? Uh, so I, I said, all right, I'll come down for one show. And um, I came in. And I ran in, I walked into GPB studios and I ran right into Dave Lagana first thing. And the first, Hey, Trevor, how's it going? Great. Great. And he goes, did you bring your gear? And I said, yeah. I said, I always, you, you know, he goes, all right, you're wrestling Ricky Starks tonight. <laughs> uh, all right. You know, so I go out there and I have that match with Ricky thinking like, all right, you know, one and done take again, you know, I have no problem putting this young cat over. He's the next thing next big thing you know and um, i go out there and have a great match with ricky and the people are extremely supportive um <laughs> ricky's very respectful uh, get done with the match and as i walk through the curtain you know nick and dave and billy are all standing there and they're like you got way more in the tank than you give yourself credit for i was like thank you thank you like, we already got you booked for tomorrow and it just oh, i just I got booked that- in a I remember those tapings. Like, I think I'm pretty yep. sure you worked like Aldis and Ricky and Josephus. Like, and, yes. and then another match, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I remember, like, as we got the results, it's like, oh, Trevor Murdoch worked like four matches at those tapings in one, in one day. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's it just worked out that way. You know what I mean? Like, it's as obviously if there wasn't something left in me, I wouldn't be where I'm at. You know, those guys are very honest. That's the cool thing about NWA and not just with the, the, uh, the office, but with the other wrestlers, we're all really honest with each other. We yeah. elevate through honesty. And a lot of times, um, when you hear honesty, it's not always going to be something you like to hear. It's not going to be, not always going to be pleasant, but it's the truth. And it's the way we're going to be able to move forward. 
I've never gotten better in this business in pro wrestling with somebody patting me on the back going, Trevor, good job. You're amazing. Jesus Christ. You're <laughs> fucking money, brother. Never. But when the guys come up to me, hey, man, I was watching your match, and I saw you do this. He goes, maybe either don't do that, or what about this, or what about that, or you need to work, or you know what I mean? Like, And it's not taking shots at each other. It's just trying to elevate through honesty. And that's, man, that's really powerful. We've got a really good locker room of guys that just want to help elevate everybody. You've got an office with Billy and all the NWA executives that have their ears open to us, which we may not always get to do everything we want, but they're very trusting in us as the talent to go out there and be successful. You know, that's, this is, we get, this is what we get a lot. This is our idea. You, you do the wrestling part and go make that work. And I'm like, well, fuck yeah, I can do that. Like that's, that's my job. Let me be the wrestler. Let me make this make sense. Let me try to find the emotional connection to the yeah. people that make them want to, to see more of this and buy a ticket to come and watch. And, you know, Billy and all the producers are smart enough to know, like, hey, we're not the ones doing it. So maybe we need to trust the guys that we've brought in as talent, trust these guys that we have given responsibilities to, to go out there and do it. And um, it's a different scene, too, for a wrestler. You walk in, there's there's no music. There's no smoke. There's no, like... There's nothing to hide you at all. There's just a ring, some ropes, and you've got three rows of people on half side of the ring that you've got to impress. And some of those critics are way worse than having a 500-seat house. You know what I mean? Because those people, they're right there. They see everything. So you cannot. There is no, you know, let's stop and retape or let's, like, this is live, on the go, you either sink or swim scenario. And man, I, man, I get fired up with that, that pressure, man, because that's, that's some good shit right there. It, it produces some of the best pro wrestling. Well, you and Nick Aldis, you'd mentioned him as, as part of like how he recruited you there. He seems to have a really good grasp of old school pro wrestling. Obviously he's such a phenomenal, like big match wrestler too. Like, and he has carefully curated himself to where he is a top guy. Like, he dresses like one, he talks like one, he, he looks like one, he wrestles like one, and in those big matches, he, he delivers big time. And that's what led to your world championship match. What, what kind of vibe had you gotten from him? Had you, I, I feel like you had worked with him in Rinka King in the past, actually. So how familiar were you with him? Um, Nick, I was actually world tag team champion for WWE when Nick got his first wrestling experience okay. over here in the States. He came to Harley's week-long camp that he would have, oh. and we would have WWE officials there. We'd have TNA officials there. We'd have NOAA officials there, and they would, Harley would, this big week-long camp, and you'd come in, and there'd be like 100, 120 guys that would come in, and we'd run them through all, you know, all, we'd just run them through the mill, basically, yeah. have matches, and just where an opportunity for guys to get seen in front of these officials and get opportunities. Well, Nick actually was one of those guys. And I remember specifically, you know, walking through the crowd of guys and just, you know, talking to them and interacting with them and just kind of showing them like not, I didn't want to big league anybody. You know what I mean? I wanted to be an example that you can be on top and still be humble. Yeah. And 
<clears throat> Nick was one of those guys that I stopped and talked to because he was from England. And I was like, oh, wow, like this is it's awesome that you came all the way over here for this. We had a really great conversation. Um, fast forward, you know, Nick starts doing well. I'm I'm doing well in WWE and he does TNA, blah, blah, blah. We end up meeting in Rink King and obviously extremely friendly. And this was before. Uh, <clears throat> well, th- this is either right before he had Donovan or during. Uh, his son, Donovan, um, right before maybe Mickey's pregnancy, about to have Donovan, we were talking about children. And I had already had my, you know, two of my three kids already were in the world and just trying to give him some advice, you know, being a new dad and how, you know, everybody talks about it changing everything yeah. and it freaks you out. Uh, but it's a good change. It's an accept, you know what I mean? And um, sure enough, I think I saw him at an independent show, maybe, I don't know, five or six months later. And we're talking and he goes, Hey, I just want to stop. Tell you he goes, everything you said was true. Like he goes, I'm thank you for that. You know what I mean? Cause it, it really calmed his nerves about becoming a new dad. Um, which I think that kind of helped foster a good relationship between him and I, which, you know, led to an opportunity with NWA. Um, I don't know, looking back on it now, if the way things went, if maybe Nick would be so friendly <laughs> because I've, I've kind of come in, I've been blessed, you know, things have went well for me. I've earned my spot. That's the one thing like no one can ever say about me and NWA. Like I didn't walk in and just, you know, take over or, or at the very least just run the show. I started from the bottom and I had my ass kicked from the bottom all the way up to the top, um, which led me to Nick and, with Nick being that old school pro wrestling, uh, he really knows how to tell stories and he really knows how to get the most out of things, which is um, extremely important to be successful because to be a champion, you not only got to get yourself over, but you have to help get your opponent over. Yeah. And, and Nick is, I, I give all the credit in the world to Nick. He, he really kind of brought me up to his level and he deserves that. He deserves that respect. And, and, uh, Nick and I don't always agree on personal things now, and, and we don't always agree on how our pro wrestling now. But um, as men, I think we have a lot of respect for each other. And I will, you know, you can't take away what Nick's done in this business. He is a, uh, a fine example for a young man that wants to come up in this business. He's a perfect example of what all in really mean yeah largely largely reestablished that title i mean before he won that title that title in my brain was well i guess i'm gonna go to wikipedia and see who the nwa champion is right now like it was one of those before before he i wrestled for the yeah i wrestled for the nwa world title in that era of Mm -hmm. just not just didn't have the popularity and the prestige that it used to have you know what i mean so all you know the that's the one thing like, you know, I do, I give Nick all the credit. He took a company and a title and he made it mean something. Sacrificed and, quite a bit to do it too. Cause I mean, he had other options and other offers and it was, it very clearly was important to him. So I, I think that's something that, that should be applauded. Uh, but we go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 but that, no, that's your 100%. But he also knew too, like he with, with, with going with the NW, he can be in complete control and that's, that's very valuable to a pro wrestler to be able to, to have complete control over your career, your direction. Sure. Um, whereas you go to a lot of the other companies, they don't have that same vision. You, you know, might end up being like Tyrus and so, dancing. 
So I remember Darby Allen. We did a, a media scrum with him, and they were like, "Oh, well, what about WWE?" And he said, "They'd have me jacking off in a boiler room somewhere." Right. And like, well, <laughs> you just never know. And you, and you didn't. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's that's that was the hard part, and a lot of fans don't understand um, when you you work your ass off to get to the number one company in the world, and you get there, and you're like, "Wow, this is." fucking horse shit like this is crazy <laughs> the thought process and the way they do business at times yeah. and they seem to make things so much harder for themselves and for their talent and it um it was a crazy crazy time uh i think over the last several years um they've been able to bring an atmosphere of professionalism to the locker room and a behavior where you know an expectation that their wrestlers behave and carry themselves in, in a different manner, a very professional oh. man. I, I worked on a story years ago about Muhammad Hassan and what went wrong and, and all that, and I had people that were there in 2005 and that were there when I, I wrote the story in 2016, and they said, oh, if the locker room was around the way it was today, he'd still be there. He would have oh, yeah. lasted. He wouldn't have been ostracized the way that he was for a lot of perceived disrespect things so like yeah i got a complete based on what i hear it seems seems to be the case it was a it was a really tough atmosphere man there was um uh, it was at a time where guys would backstab other guys to get opportunities um that's like that was one of the good things about with lance and i um when we lance and i would wrestle and if we wanted to go party with whatever town we were in, if we wanted to just go have fun and enjoy the atmosphere, we always asked the boys, hey, where are you guys going? <laughs> oh, man, this is a hot spot, man. We're going this place, right next to this place. And Lance and I would be like, great. We're going to go over here. <laughs> yeah. And we're going we're gonna to go do this. Um, you, I remember. I mean, um, you hear the old rocker story about how they got hired and fired in the same week because they were partying with the boys. And right. they got tested they got too wild, and they had to hit the bricks. And, you know, back then, uh, some of the boys would go party with you and, and pretend <laughs> like they were your friends, and you guys would get all up, and then they would go back to the office knowing that what you had just done and stewed you out for a piss test. And that was their way to try to get rid of, quote-unquote, what they thought was a problem. Um, there was, I remember a time... This is a little story, kind of funny. Um, Lance, we went to a town. I'm not going to say the town, uh, but Lance wanted to go out that night, which which where it was really kind of flip-flop. I was always the guy that wanted to go out and experience the town and, and yeah. have a good time. But it, uh, he wanted to go out, and I said, no. He goes, well, a couple of the guys said they're going to be at this bar. I'm going to go there. I said, I said well, if it's if it's a good time, call me. Yeah. I'll, 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 get, I'll get a cab. We'll roll on down. There wasn't Uber at that time. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so he calls me like, 45 minutes later, hey, man, this place is kicking. Like, come on down. So I I take a cab down there, and this, this bar was called Union Station. So I walk in, and I open up the door, and, like, all the bar stools are up on the bars, and, like, there's <laughs> dust on everything. And I'm like, all right, Lance, good rib, buddy. You got me out of the house. Good job, you know. But I look back in the, the back of the room and there's this door and out like you could see the, the outline of the door because there's like lights blinking through it. Oh like, gosh. You're hearing you're hearing this music, you know. I was like, What what the hell is that? You know? I go to open up the door and every now and I hope this doesn't sound bad, but every like 
every rap, every dance video I've ever seen, every, I mean, people are getting it. And like the, I mean, the, the stage, the, the, the whole stage is full of people in there. And I'm just this redneck with the door open going, oh, this is the rib. This is how uh, uh, you got me. And I hear Trevor. And I'm like, look, who, Trevor. And I'm looking around and I look up. And up in the balcony is Lance, Edge, Molina, Johnny Nitro, and they are all up there just a getting it, having a good time, man. And I'm like, okay, all right. You know, and went up there and we started having some drinks, man, and just had the best time. Uh, and it was, we went, it wasn't but six of us. We all knew exactly what we did. Edge was there, so we knew, like, there wasn't going to be any trouble, you know yeah. what I mean? Um so yeah, it was it was those kind of things that we'd go out and do, you know, away from the majority of the boys, just to try to keep our, you know, just not have any issues. You know what I mean? We we just wanted to wrestle and be successful. That's all. Well, as we wrap up NWA seventy four August twenty seventh, yes. twenty eight, two nights or two days uh, on this show. Uh, thus far, I think nineteen twenty matches booked between those two days. How do you feel yeah. about the two day format? You know, it's I, I'm excited, but it's also a tough sell for a lot of people mm-hmm. because, you know, it's it's a lot of pro wrestling, but it also makes us step up. You know what I mean? When when we know we've got if anybody looked at the last the last two day pay-per-view we had last year, everybody went above and beyond and killed it. So you're going to have the same thing here, too. I'm, I'm hoping that folks will realize, like, we're going to this is our WrestleMania. This is our mm-hmm. our biggest show of the year. So everybody's going to go out there and try to impress. Um, Tyrus and I have a lot on our plate just in the fact of not only our match, but everybody before us is going to go out there and try to top the next person. And we're going to be the last to try to top it all. Uh, Billy, well, I tell you what, Billy don't mess around when it comes to the world title. He always wants the biggest and the best he possibly can. And he put, oh, excuse me. He put uh, a guy six eight six nine, damn near four hundred pounds in front of me to wrestle, and uh, I'm I'm still currently trying to figure out how do you move a mountain. Well, I mean, uh, you've got like I said, twenty matches. So that's that's what you had mentioned. You you've got all those people that you've got to follow effectively for the richest prize in the NWA. We had heard about Tyrus being put in that spot. What did you think when, when that was adjusted and changed? Um, well, when I found out I was wrestling Nick at first, like I, um, I know Nick probably better than anybody in the company. Yeah. Uh, I spent six months with him chasing after the world title and, and playing the head games. So I kind of felt like to a certain extent I had it uh, at the very least, it was very level between Nick and I, he knows me as well too. So I, I was excited about that. Um, then when it switched to Tyrus, uh, first off, what's going on between Nick and Billy is sure it's none of my business. Those guys want to take some public jabs at each other. They're, they're more than welcome to, uh, I think when, when I start not, when, when I don't focus directly on myself is when I have issues. I got my horse blinders on brother and, uh, I'm focusing on me and me alone. So when, uh, he told me that I was going to be wrestling Tyrus, uh, I was like, all right, like this is, <laughs> I'm just, it's going to be a painful evening, not only for him, but for me too. Cause you've got a guy that big, he, we're not going to go out there and have the technical match of the year. We're not going to go out there and have uh, 
this this high spot fest of, of matches. You're going to see two guys go in there, and I mean, the best way I can put it, Sean, is we're going to beat the shit out of each other and see <laughs> who's who's who can handle the most. You know what I mean? Um, I'm the biggest test, Tyrus, and and Tyrus is definitely going to be the biggest test I've had today. And as a tag team guy who is well-versed in, in the style, what do you think of them bringing back the NWA United States t- tag titles? I mean, 30 years they've been gone, but I mean, like, uh, the Freebirds, the Fantastics, Midnight Express, Varsity Club, all held those titles. Dick Murdoch was a champion uh, as yep. well. Khrushchev and Ivan Koloff, like, there are some, some really established names there that, have, that held those titles uh, back in the 80s and early 90s. Yes, sir. Uh, I, tag team wrestling used to be like a main stable on like any pro wrestling show like fans when they came to a pro wrestling show expected to spend time and watch a 30 to 45 minute tag match because you had four guys going in there and battling it out um the spectrum of of pro wrestling has changed where tag team wrestling wasn't really focused and it wasn't really um put out there in the mainstay oh nwa really feels like that's an opportunity for us to to really shine, really give an opportunity for tag teams to go out there and, and kill it. Uh, for, with that, we've got so many tag teams out there, so many wrestlers out there that we want to make sure we give, you know, enough, we want to have an opportunity for other people. So when they brought up the idea of bringing up the U.S. tag titles, I was like, hell yeah. Like this, this just brings more competition for us, more guys wanting to come in and, and kind of show out. Because who doesn't want to be the first U.S. tag team champ? Like, you know what I mean? Who? Yeah. That's There's going to be a lot of guys shooting for that, man. And it's, again, you and the fans are, are the ones that win. Trevor, I want to thank you so much. You've been so generous with your time. I could, I could talk to you all day. We're going to save some <laughs> for the next go-around. NWA yes, 74, August 27th and 28th. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, Sean, man. It's really nice to talk wrestling, and uh, it's also nice to talk to somebody who knows what the hell they're talking about. I uh, appreciate it's... it. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> it makes my job a whole lot easier, man, so I appreciate it. Until next time, guys, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.